It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, latest award winner in Las Vegas, Flames defenseman Mark Giordano wins the Norris as the best defenseman in the National Hockey League. Connor McDavid does not three-peat. When it comes to the Ted Lindsay Award, he is beaten by Nikita Kucherov of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, McDavid up for the heart as well against Crosby and Kucherov. I would expect Kucherov to win that as well. 780-496-0063 is our open line number. You can text 630-630. Blue Jays in action tonight, and this game is in the fourth inning. They uh, trail the Angels, oh, pardon me, now into the fifth. It's now into the fifth. They trail the Angels 7-5. As we were talking about off the top of the show, the quote is pretty direct. Mark Spector of Sportsnet, and this article up on the Sportsnet website, Marcus Lato, the agent for Jesse Pugliarvi, saying this, if he doesn't get traded, he will play in Europe next year. He will not play in Edmonton. So, sounds like it spells the end for Jesse Pugliarvi as an Edmonton Oiler after three seasons with the club. He was drafted fourth overall in 2016. Bob Stoffer, Oilers now host, noon to two every day here on 630 Ched, spoke to Ken Holland this afternoon, here's what Holland had to say about the Pugliarvi situation. Well, it's sudden and recent for you. For you. Um, you know, I talked to Marcus within a week of after I got the job in, in, in Edmonton, and certainly he told me that at that point in time that uh, Jesse's would prefer for, for um, you know, new scenery. Um, I wanted to take some time. I did speak to Jesse face-to-face last week in, in um in Edmonton, he was in town for a week uh, with his rehab, and um, I enjoyed our conversation. And I talked to Marcus again this morning, and certainly he, he said the same thing. So, uh, you know, I'm not trading anybody because they want to be traded, um, but if we can find something that works for everybody, I'll look at it. And if not, uh, I'm not doing anything. I'm not. I'm not going to do something unless I feel really good about uh, it's in the best interest of the Edmonton Oilers. All right, so there's what Holland had to say, and, and as as he said at the beginning, th- this is something he's he's been aware of for a while, and it's been reconfirmed by Pugliarvi's agent, well, in in, in their conversation today. So um, I guess we wait. Now, Pugliarvi is a restricted free agent, so the Oilers have to make him a qualifying offer to keep his NHL rights, and basically Leto told Mark Spector that Pugliarvi would not accept that offer until he has been traded, because if you're under contract, you can't sign in Europe, and if he's not traded, he goes to Europe. So, you know, it appears that Ken Holland would be perfectly fine with uh, Jesse Pugliarvi 
going to Europe. And I, I know there's another quote out there from Holland today saying, well, you hope he goes to Europe and scores a lot of goals, and uh, and there we go. So it doesn't appear that Holland is going to be doing, you know, pressed into anything or uh, trading a player just for the sake of being traded. I, I mean, I suppose, I, I guess there are a lot of ways to look at this, and, and I'm sure a lot, a lot of you love love the armchair GM part of being a fan. So if Jesse Puliarvi is not going to play for your team, are you better to at least, you know, have his uh, NHL rights to trade or or to have moved him to another team? I, I, I guess I, I guess those are the two options. So maybe if he goes to Europe and lights it up, then then the Oilers have his have his rights to trade, or, or maybe he changes his mind and decides to accept an offer down the road. We'll see how this plays out over the course of the summer. But pretty pretty strong words from the agent. And as I mentioned earlier, it, it's I, I don't know if I, I I guess it is somewhat surprising, somewhat surprising that you would have two people in in extremely important positions with the Oilers who are new. One of them being Ken Holland, the GM, the other one being Dave Tippett, the coach, who would potentially be dealing with Pugliarvi on an everyday basis, and the agent is still saying, no, do do not want to play there, do not want to be in that city, do not want to be part of that that uh, that organization. So anyway, that's the latest with Pugliarvi. That's the latest from uh, Ken Holland. Uh, Bob will have a full interview with Ken Holland on Oilers Now tomorrow. I will have Inside Sports. Uh, Bob's already in Vancouver. I'm going there tonight. I'll have the show from Vancouver tomorrow, so we'll have all the latest and a further preview of the Eskimos and the BC Lions. And that's where we're going to go to now, a guy who lit it up on Friday night, new receiver for the Edmonton Eskimos, Ricky Collins Jr. Ricky, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, man. How about you? I'm doing great. It's awesome to have you on the show, Ricky. And before I get into all the football stuff, I, I got to ask you a very important question because I know uh, following you on uh, on Twitter and look at your account, man, you were looking for a place to live, weren't you, during training camp at the end of the season? How, how has that quest gone? Are you? Uh, do you have a nice place here in Edmonton? Man, I was—I've been looking for one for a minute now, but uh, I finally found one, and it's—it's still like I'm at right at home. Okay, well that's good, but that's the tough part of being a pro athlete, right? There's a little bit of uncertainty, and and you got to move around, and you've certainly had to deal with that in your career, right? Yeah, it is, uh, but that's something that you have to get past, you know. Tell me a little bit about the decision to sign with the Eskimos in the offseason. You were a free agent. What was appealing to you about wearing the green and gold? Um, for one, I, I love the offense that, uh, that Coach Moss has, uh, has over here in Edmonton. And then, like, seeing up the other um, free agencies like Trevor Harris and Greg Ellison and players of that stature or whatever, when they came over, I was like, yeah, I want to be a part of that core right there. Well, that was a big day, a uh, free agency day for the Eskimos, and you were you were one of the uh, I think it was nine guys by the by the end of the day that the Eskimos signed. So that was a a pretty fun one to follow. Hey, you, you had a big debut with nine catches for 175 yards. You got to touch the ball a lot. How come you you had such a big game? Those are some huge stats to put up in your Eskimos debut. Oh, this I was just you know like playing, going with my role, playing playing the way I play, you know. Um, playing within the offense, not trying to do too much. You know, just when my number was called, just make it, make sure I made the play. 
Give me your take on Trevor Harris. Obviously, he comes to Edmonton uh, after Mike Riley, who was a really popular and really successful player. Trevor had a great run in Ottawa and, and like you, a really good debut on Friday against the Alouettes. If you had to give a scouting report of Trevor Harris for people, how would you describe him? He's a playmaker. He's a baller. He can make all the throws. Short and sweet, eh? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> exactly. Well, and you guys connected for one of the biggest plays of the game on Friday. The Alouettes had come back to tie it, and you guys had second and 10 from your own 40, and he connected with you for a 45-yard gain that set you up to get the game-winning points. Tell me a little bit about how that play uh, play developed. Like, Was that one coming to you all the way, or uh, tell us coming out of the huddle how that one shook down. Uh, you know, it wasn't coming to me all the way. You know, it's just the way that Trev read the, um, at the defense, you know, the control of the defense. We seen the um, the half had left and the, uh, the corner had went high. And we just, we was on the same page and we made it, made it happen. Was that one of those, like, did your eyes light up a little bit when you when you saw the room you had coming off the line? Or, or, or tell me about uh, getting into the clear there. Oh, uh, yeah. Of course, my eyes lit up like it just parted like the Red Sea, you know. It's one of those like, oh, this is my time to make a big play for the team and help the team out, you know. So I was, it was, it was one of those eye openers. Okay, Ricky Collins Jr. joining us tonight on Inside Sports, Edmonton Eskimos receiver Fred Stamps. I, I speaking to your Twitter account, I saw you had a, a retweet of uh, the presentation for Fred, who was a great receiver in the CFL and then the Eskimos. What was it like having him around the team for a couple of days last week? Uh, it was awesome, you know. I had me and Stamps. We had um, a little one-on-one session, you know. The OG receiver giving one of the up-and-coming um, receivers like some insight and some things what he's seeing, what how he did things. So that was for me. That was great, but also for the team, that was that was good for him to come back and show love to the team, you know. Okay, you know, a lot is being made of Mike Riley going up against his former team on Friday, but hey, they're forgetting about Ricky Collins Jr., right? I mean, that's a storyline for you. How are you uh, looking going against uh, the team that you were with last year, the BC Lions? Oh, man, I, for me, it's just another game, you know. I have I have good friends over there still, but like I've told, told everybody else, right now they're my enemies in between those lines. And then after that, we could be best friends. But I'm I'm anticipating the game. I'm ready for the game. And just ready to go against the whole team. Was there any hesitation for you to, to take number 13, knowing that Mike wore it here the last few years? Yeah. At first, when I had, uh, got in contact with um, our, uh, the equipment manager, Pops, I was like, man, I really don't know if I want 13 because of the things Mike did. But at the same time, I was like, it's just a number. Mike's gone now. He's not retired, so let me let me work 13. Okay. Well, you look good in it on, on the first game for sure. Rick, you want to, want to get to know you a little bit away from the field here. Uh, you know, fans are falling in love with you after that big first game. You, you are Ricky Collins Jr. What can you tell us about uh, Ricky Collins Sr.? I mean, it was just Father's Day a few days ago, so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the R- Ricky Collins Sr. in your life. Man, my dad, he's a he's a hard worker, you know. He's one of those guys that um, really sets a standard. He holds me to a standard. He he showed me the way when I was growing up. It was one of those, like, if I want to be like anybody, I want to be, be like my dad. So it was one of those. He's really, he was my hero and still is my hero. And did he get you into, into football or into sports in general? 
Yeah, so when I was growing up, I was actually a baseball player first. He uh, he played baseball uh, growing up throughout high school and stuff. So um, naturally, that was my first love, following after my dad's footsteps in baseball. And then eventually, he tra- him and my sister, they transitioned me to play football, which I didn't like at first. Just to put that out there. How come you didn't like it at first? It just... It was um, one of those sports that I wasn't too familiar with as far as, like, being on the field and then, like, having the understanding for everything as far as, like, baseball. is that you try to hit the ball and you try to get on base, you know? So a little bit more to worry about in football, eh? Plus you're getting hit all the time, right? <laughs> exactly. And I was, a, I was a young buck at the time, too, so I was like, bro, I don't want to get hit right now. I don't think I want to play this. What about coming to uh, Canada? I, I mean, you were in Texas, obviously a, a football hotbed. I, I know you got some looks in the NFL. And uh, did, what about the decision to come to the Canadian Football League? Was that on your, your radar for a long time, or how did that work out? Um, it was. I had known about the CFL. I had took um, took a year off from an injury when I, when I, before, before I had came up to the CFL. And once I heard about the CFL and I really started looking at 12, I was like, yeah, let me go. I love football, so let me go up north and play football, do something that I love to do. Well, and it's it's a, a nice uh, a league for receivers, isn't it? I mean, there's five or six of you on the field at a time. You can take a running start towards the line of scrimmage, so you, you must have liked that. Yeah, I love that a lot. You know, being it's just like just going against uh, Skelly almost, except for you have the D lineman, offensive lineman out there. It's like you said, it's a receiver uh, league, and it just showcases all the receivers. Okay, right on. Well, Ricky, great to have you on the show. Uh, awesome game against Montreal last week. I know you're looking forward here to taking on BC this Friday. Hope you have another big game, and I hope we can talk again. Really appreciate your time. No problem. Thank you. That is Ricky Collins Jr. from your Edmonton Eskimos. They will host BC coming up on Friday night. Kellen, did you see this? Shannon Sharp is going to be there. I saw it earlier today, yeah. Three-time Super Bowl champion, pro football Hall of Famer, great tight end. He's going to be at center field for the official coin toss. Uh, Seventh-round pick, pretty good seventh-round pick. He played 14 years in the NFL with the Broncos and Ravens. Now, you remember uh, what would have been about 20 years ago, the Broncos played Atlanta in the Super Bowl. So Sharp was on the Broncos, and uh, the Falcons had a defensive back named Ray Buchanan, and they were going back and forth at each other. So this is from the the week. Dave Campbell found this. This is a beauty, uh, producer of the show, Dave Campbell. Here's Sterling Sharp going at Ray Buchanan. Uh, during an interview leading up to that year's Super Bowl. He said some bad things about me? What do you say? said you look like he a horse. He looks like a horse. Oh, uh, I know he ain't talking with them big teeth in his mouth. <laughs> the only thing hiding that y'all can't see sometimes is when he's in the, on, when he got the helmet on the field. <laughs> when he got the helmet on the field, I'm telling you, you can't really see how, how bad that guy looks. I've never called anybody ugly. Do I think people are ugly? Yeah, I think he's ugly, but I never said that. He just did. He, he started it. Shannon think he's pretty. He think he's pretty in the face. He might have a body, though. Everybody looking at his body be like, oh, Shannon. But I'm telling you what, man, if you got a grill like that, man, I'm talking about, I'm telling you, re, I mean, total reconstruction. I'm not going to get into a peeing contest with a skunk. You'll lose every time. But I will say this. On Sunday, he get an opportunity to back up what he said. 
Is he my friend? No. Did I ever view him as a friend? No. Does I ever view him as an acquaintance? No. Do I like him? No. If I see him in a snowstorm, his, tr his truck is broke down, mine is going perfectly. Would I pick him up? No. <laughs> but other than that? Other than that, I could care less about Ray Buchanan. Uh, all right. Uh, Shannon Sharp uh, going uh, verbal war of words with Ray Buchanan before the Broncos-Falcons Super Bowl 20 years ago. Uh, Shannon Sharp will be at the Eskimos game on Friday. That's a great line. Don't get into a peeing contest with a skunk. You'll lose every time. Mm. We, should get a, we should get a plaque made out of that, Kel. One of those inspirational posters. We could hang it in Halsey's office. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, Ken Holland has commented on the Yesi Pooley-Arvey situation. We'll make sure you hear that clip. Also, Giorgio Estefan, Edmonton kid, just won the ECHL championship, all coming up before 8. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent-Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. You asked me to be your savior. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chet, we've had Colton Pareko on the show. Good to catch up with him. Ricky Collins Jr. from your Edmonton Eskimos was just on nine catches for 175 yards in beating Montreal last Friday. This Friday, it's the Eskimos taking on the BC Lions. And uh, if you missed the clip just at the uh, top of the hour here, here is uh, Ken Holland, GM of the Edmonton Oilers, spoke to Bob Stoffer this afternoon in Vancouver. And Marcus Lato, the agent for Yessi Pugliarvi, has uh, made it very clear that uh, Pugliarvi will uh, not continue his career with the Edmonton Oilers, that if he's not traded, he will go play in Europe. And Holland telling Stauffer, yeah, uh, not really news. He's known about this for a while. Well, it's sudden and recent for, for you. Um, you know, I talked to Marcus within a week after I got the job in, in, in Edmonton, and certainly he told me that at that point in time that uh, Jesse would prefer for... for um, you know, new scenery. Um, I wanted to take some time. I did speak to Jesse face to face last week in in, um, in Edmonton. He was in town for a week uh, with his rehab, and um, I enjoyed our conversation. And I talked to Marcus again this morning, and certainly he, he said the same thing. So, uh, you know, I'm not trading anybody because they want to be traded. Um, but if we can find something that works for everybody, I'll look at it. And if not, uh, I'm not doing anything. I'm not. I'm not going to do something unless I feel really good about. Uh, it's in the best interest of the Edmonton Oilers. All right. So that's the word from Holland. He's not going to make a trade unless he feels it's in the best interest of the Edmonton Oilers. So it sounds to me like he'd be comfortable with Puliyarvi. Okay, don't take the qualifying offer. You're a restricted free agent. Go over and play in Europe, and uh, and then we'll see what happens to you. Connor McDavid up for the Hart Trophy tonight. He did not win the Ted Lindsay for the third straight year. That goes to Nikita Kucherov. McDavid in Vegas for the awards. Asked about new GM Holland and also new coach. Tip it. I talked to Ken a couple times. Uh, he came to Toronto. We had lunch. Um, then he came up to my hometown just to let me work out. 
Uh, so I'm on the competition committee as well, so I had a little bit of opportunity to get to know him. And uh, Dave, I, I know uh, just through um, the World Cup, he was he was on the staff uh, with our World Cup team. Talked to him a couple times on the phone as well, so um, they're really comfortable with them both. And the latest from Vegas, Ryan O'Reilly wins the Selkie, and the Masterson Trophy goes to Robin Leonard, who uh, talked about his uh, battles with mental illness during his acceptance speech. Obviously, didn't get to hear it because I'm on air, but it sounded like it was very honest, very emotional. We're back after the 7.30 News Inside Sports on Jet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chen. Good to have you tuning in tonight. We're keeping an eye on the uh, keeping an eye on the NHL awards in Las Vegas. Barry Trotz has won Coach of the Year, the Jack Adams Award. Big turnaround there with the New York Islanders. So, uh, and we're coming up on the Hart Trophy as well. That's the big one. So, Barry Trotz uh, also won the award with the Capitals. I mentioned O'Reilly got the Selkie. Robin Lehner got the Masterton. Barkoff, the Lady Bing, Giordano, the Norris. And Kucherov, the Lindsay, I would expect him to beat McDavid for uh, the Hart Trophy as well. Tomorrow, I'll be uh, in Vancouver. Uh, Ken Holland expected to address the media there as well, the GM of the Edmonton Oilers, as we count down to the draft on Friday. Here's what we're going to have. We're going to have uh, draft coverage from 4 to 7 Friday here on 630 Ched, and then we'll uh, kick it over to the Eskimos game at 7. We'll have the entire first round of the draft starting at 6 on Friday on Global News Radio 880, and then we'll be back on with rounds 2 through 7 at 1 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. So we'll keep you updated on what the Oilers are doing and all of the other big stories from Vancouver. Going to be fun. It's uh, it's pretty wide open after number two. You got Hughes one, you got Kako two, and then uh, who knows, uh, Turcotte, Byram, Cousins, Doc, Zegris, Boldy, Caulfield. As mentioned yesterday, Cole Caulfield, a player I'm very interested in seeing where he goes. Tons of goals with the U.S. National Team Development Program. Broke Phil Kessel's record for the most goals while playing for that team but he is not a big guy uh five foot seven sort of yamamoto-esque in stature but a a sniper a a deadly sniper and and again he's not going to jump into the nhl and play right away but a player who knows how to finish but will his size or lack of size scare teams away we'll have all those storylines from vancouver coming up all right uh and of course the storyline for the oilers we've been talking about it you've heard the clip a couple times yesi Puliyarvi, the uh, agent, says he will not play in Edmonton. He will go to Europe if he's not traded. And Ken Holland, general manager of the Oilers, has uh, quite simply said, well, uh, here's the quote, I'm not trading anybody because they want to be traded, but if, if we can find something that works for everybody, I'll look at it. If not, I'm not doing anything. So Holland basically saying he'll he'll make the good deal, he'll make a good deal for the Oilers or... He won't do anything. The kid can go play in Europe. I, I guess if he's not going to be on your roster, why make a bad trade? You can you can let him go play in Europe. So we'll see. We'll see. Something to follow here as we move along. All right, uh, Kellen, I got I got to get this in again. This, okay. It's it's too good not to get another repeat performance. We may just use it every day this week. We had a loyal listener, John, call in. It's only thirty seconds long. Right. 
Uh, John's golf jokes from the show on Monday. Do we have time for three quick golf jokes? <laughs> three golf jokes? Well, <laughs> sure. Yeah, why, the why, golfer not? Says, why not? I'm so mad, I think I'm going to drown myself in the lake. And the caddy says, do you think you can keep your head down that long? <laughs> That's really good. Okay. The golfer says, you got to be the worst caddy in the world. And the caddy says, I don't think so. That would be way too much of a coincidence. <laughs> And then the golfer says, this is the worst golf course I've ever played on. And the caddy says... Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This isn't the golf course. We left that about an hour ago. Now, I'll say it again. That drowning one, one of my favorite golf jokes of all time. Very good. Very good stuff. Uh, we will take a quick timeout. We'll bring in Giorgio Estefan, Edmonton kid, ECHL champ with the Newfoundland Growlers. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Tuning in tonight, uh, if you missed it earlier, Corey Perry has been bought out by the Anaheim Ducks after 14 seasons there. Uh, didn't play much last season because of a knee injury. Just 42 goals over the last three seasons for the 2011 Hart Trophy winner. We had Colton Pareko on the show earlier, Stanley Cup champion. If you ever missed anything on Inside Sports, you can sign up for the uh, podcast on good old iTunes or just go to the show page on 630ched.com. It's a luxury and it's definitely a blessing to be able to play hockey and get paid to do that. So not many people get that opportunity. Inside Sports presents Live in the Dream. Yeah, one of my favorite segments on the show where we profile a player in a league other than the National Hockey League. This guy known very well in the city of Edmonton. From here, a star in the Western Hockey League and now a Kelly Cup ECHL champion with the Newfoundland Growlers. Please welcome back to the 630 Chet Airwaves, Giorgio Estefan. Giorgio, how are you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing very well. It's good to catch up with you as, uh, as you're back in Edmonton as an ECHL champion with the Newfoundland Growlers. Man, uh, must have been a pretty uh, pretty fun ride. Take me through the last week or so here since you won the title. Um, yeah, kind of ever since we won the title, it was, uh, it was a blast. So the city kind of was buzzing. Uh, we had a really cool parade, um, you know, right, right from... Uh, the moment we uh, we won that last game, I thought uh, the support from the fans and and everyone even elevated that much more. So it was definitely a you know a fun time to be uh, in St. John's and um, this line was definitely exciting for sure. You take me a little bit uh, before we talk more about this season. Take me back through maybe the, the past year and last summer. You, you finished off in the WHL. Uh, you got to go from Lethbridge to, to Swift Current, and they had a great playoff run. Uh, you were a Buffalo Sabres draft pick from 2015. But what was 
What was last summer like in terms of looking for an opportunity, getting an opportunity? How did it all play out with, with the Leafs and the Growlers? Um, well, I think uh, I think a lot of it stems from being in the Memorial Cup and um, having a successful year with uh, the current obviously garnered uh, some attention. And, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, coming out of the Memorial Cup, I think, was kind of when a little bit more interest kind of stemmed out. And, um, you know, I was fortunate to get a call from Kyle Davis and, um, you know, the good organization that the Leafs had. I knew that I was in a good spot and in a good, uh, in a good place to kind of, you know, develop myself as a player and develop my game. So um, I was definitely really excited to uh, be able to sign a deal with with the Marlies and um, kind of just try to propel my, my career in any way I could. All right. So uh, Newfoundland, I mean, obviously St. John's has had teams before, but uh, but the Growlers uh, knew there. What what was it like being a pro hockey player in St. John's? Um, it was thrilling. I think, uh, you know, it's definitely a different experience in the, in the culture. I think, um, you know, it's definitely a lot different from being here in Edmonton and, um, living in Edmonton versus living in, uh, St. John's is a lot of differences, you know, you wouldn't really believe, but, um, the cultures are different. So it's definitely cool to be able to see and experience, you know, the way they live and, um, you know, they, they talk differently and have a, a whole different kind of language, which is really cool. And, I'm always uh, up for new experiences and adventures, so it's definitely a really exciting time to play there. All right, and I've, the, what kind of support did the team get? I mean, I saw highlights from the playoffs, so obviously they're they're out in droves to, to watch a really good team, but what kind of attention did you get throughout the season? Uh, it definitely grew as the season went on. Um, you know, from the, from the very beginning, I think we sold out our first game. There was a lot of hype around the team, and Everyone was really excited to have hockey back in Newfoundland after uh, after losing a team and not having a team for a year. So I think, uh, you know, kind of just the thrill of hockey as well as basketball they had. I think they're definitely a, a sport-driven city, and um, it was exciting to have uh, a lot of fans kind of keep coming throughout the, se- the season. And, um, you know, we didn't really have a lot of nights where, um, you know, it wasn't pretty full. So um, a lot of people were excited to have us around, and obviously playoffs was was pretty mad and crazy so i think uh you know just propelling from kind of the the level of interest we had at the beginning to the end was definitely cool to see you mentioned it just it it felt like a different place to live than 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 living in edmonton most of your life can you give me an example like are you just talking about how people act or the or the pace of life or what people do in their free time like give me give me an example there um i mean all of it uh all of it's kind of them differently in different areas like they have a you know george street is pretty fun there where um you know there's a lot of places where you know you interact with the locals and um kind of learn you know the their aspects of life a lot of live music um obviously you know there's a lot of seafood there right on the water and um you know it's, it's definitely a beautiful city where uh you know there's a lot of history and um, you know, the most easterly point in North America. So there's a lot of sightseeing to do there. Um, you know, they have uh, a couple of different sayings that they say there and um, that kind of just opens your eyes to kind of the, you know, new things that you didn't realize were not too far in the same country as you. So there's uh, definitely a lot of unique things about Newfoundland. I definitely recommend a lot of people to go there for sure.
Okay, good stuff. Giorgio Estefan joining us on Inside Sports. Won the ECHL Championship with the Newfoundland Growlers, of course, an Edmontonian. Great career in the Western Hockey League. I'm going to throw this one at you, Giorgio. Maybe you don't care. Maybe you didn't follow the story. But did you follow all this about the Kelly Cup wasn't returned by Colorado and you guys got a brand new one? Like, were you aware of this as the playoffs were going on? And Did you read up on any of this? We actually kind of heard a little bit about it before... uh game five when the first time they could have possibly won it and uh that's kind of i think when it started to stem a little bit and um we didn't really read a lot into it um you know we had a a guy on the team that had won it previously in colorado and um a lot of guys were really in their first year of being a, a pro hockey player so a lot we didn't really garner too much attention about it and um, you know, we're definitely just excited to win. And I mean, whatever cup it was, I think uh, we're definitely excited to, um, you know, read the history on it and, you know, have a nice drink out of it. So I think uh, it's definitely a, a good feeling getting it, no matter, you know, if it was a new one or an old one. Right. Okay. Yeah. You guys didn't care. You won, right? So <laughs> it's, just, yeah, it's kind of a exactly. funny, and I'm sure your organization will give it back when the, when the time comes. So that's, so, so that's good. You, you guys had a really good season, but, but um, you know, you, you went through some, the, there's always some bumps along the way and uh, you had two head coaches, both did a great job and had good records, uh, Ryan Clough and also John Snowden. And uh, Ryan Clough obviously had uh, some, some tough times with his health throughout the season. So, so had to step away. What was it like kind of seeing your coach battle that? And then, you know, having, I, I know John was there, but actually having him, uh, him, him take over. Well, at the end of the day, um, you know, health and health and family come first, and um, you know, knowing that, uh, you know, he was going through some stuff, and um, he was battling for us to kind of, as long as he could, was it was definitely it was nice to see. But I mean, anytime being a hockey player, you never want to see anyone hurt, you never want to see anyone injured, um, and especially something like you know concussions or your your head. Uh, head and stuff like that is, is definitely a, you know, he knew that uh, it was the right decision to, to set down and take care of his health and um, you know, we're definitely really happy that, you know, he is taking care of himself and all that stuff. We're definitely uh, you know, sad to see him go and um, had a really good fill in with uh, with Snowy and he was a really good coach and, you know, we'd see Corey around the rink a lot. So, um, they definitely had a good partnership but at the end of the day uh, you know, we're glad that he took care of his health and um, you know, he was definitely still a big part of our success, and uh, we're definitely happy to share the cup with him at the end of the day. Okay, so you know, look, uh, you play in the ECHL, you get the title. You had a really good year individually, fifty-three points in the regular season, fourth leading scorer, and uh, you're strong in the playoffs as well with fifteen point or pardon me, twenty twenty-four points in twenty-three games. So you're over a point a game in the postseason, which is great. You're playing pro hockey. You're still a young guy, uh, but I guess there's always some uncertainty. Eh? You're you're never quite sure. So do you know what the next step uh, in the journey is going to be, or are you playing the waiting game a little bit? Uh, you know, I'm not sure yet. I've only been home for, uh, for a few days now and uh, kind of just letting the whole wind sink in. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's definitely going to ramp up here, you know, with the draft and everything coming up soon. So there's going to be a, definitely a busy time with free agency and everything in the hockey world. So things are definitely going to ramp up soon here. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely excited to kind of find out and uh, see where, where I'm going to be going and what's going to be happening. But, um, as of now, I think uh, a lot of it's kind of just on the low key till uh, you know things wrap up here in the next little week or so. 
How, how do you feel you grew as a player playing uh, with the Growlers? And, and maybe can you touch on any adjustments from playing major junior to playing pro? Um, it, it's definitely an adjustment. Guys are a lot bigger, a lot stronger. I think the game's played a, you know, a lot of on the walls. And um, you definitely have to learn uh, how to be strong against you know, the bigger players in the corner. And, um, you know, guys that definitely know how to play that style of game that have been there for years. So I think any time... Uh, you, know, you come into a new aspect of life. Uh, um, I think you, you definitely got to adjust and get used to it, but I think I did really well. Um, I think it may be a, a good start to the season. Definitely helped me and get my confidence in the league. And um, I think that definitely helped propel me for, uh, for the rest of the season. Okay. Well, congratulations, Giorgio. It's it's great to catch up with you. I, I know we talked last season while you were playing for Swift Current, so it's great to have you on the show again. Hope it's a great summer and continued success with your hockey career wherever it takes you. I know we'll talk again. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks. Very interesting interview with Giorgio Estefan back in Edmonton after last week winning the Kelly Cup with the Newfoundland Growlers. They beat the Toledo Walleye four games to two in the championship series, and you can tell Estefan really enjoying it in St. John's, Newfoundland. He says uh, life's a little different out there, but he's really enjoying it. Good to have him on the show as part of our Living the Dream segment. Obviously, a lot of uh, hockey stuff going on. The awards going on today. Andre Vasilevsky is the... Uh, Vesna Trophy winner as the top goaltender in the National Hockey League and a Hart Trophy soon. I don't know if we'll get it in before the end of the show, but of course we'll have updates on our uh, newscast every half hour here on 630 Ched. You can also tune in Global News Radio 880. But the developing Oilers story throughout the day today. Jesse Pugliarvi's agent telling Mark Spector if he doesn't get traded, he will play in Europe next year. He will not play in Edmonton. And Ken Holland, the general manager of the Oilers, telling Bob Stoffer, who you hear noon to 2 on Oilers now every weekday here on 6.30 Ched, that, hey, I'm not going to make a trade just because they want to be traded. If he can find something that works, he'll look at it. If not, he's not going to do anything. And uh, then Stoffer followed up with this question for Holland like-minded prospect logic dictates a like-minded prospect might make the most sense uh, you know it's unlikely to be able to get a first rounder for him but uh, if somebody dangled a second and a third is 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 that a is there a pick quotient that would make sense there or you're not that far along uh you know bob i think you know i think at the end of the day you have an idea of what makes you happy and then you got to go out and talk to all the other teams to see if do do the of the interest level and and then kind of gauge it and make some decisions as you go from there so you know it's been at it a long time and um just again i got to find something that works for everybody and if not then then you don't do anything all right, so that's the summary there from Ken Holland, who uh, I'm sure will have further comment tomorrow. He's uh, likely, uh, well, tomorrow or Friday, I imagine, or maybe even both days, he's expected to uh, have a media availability in Vancouver leading into the draft. But certainly doesn't sound pressured by uh, the trade demand from Pugliarvi's agent. Certainly sounds comfortable with Pugliarvi going and, and playing in Europe, if it comes to that. And uh, I like how he says there, you have to have in, in in mind something that you like. And if you can get that, you, you do the deal. But you're not going to do it just for the sake of doing it. It has been a tough ride for this player. As I was talking about off, off the top of the show, I, I think the Oilers uh, as an organization and some of the people involved in these decisions no longer with the team. But 
uh, probably shouldn't have been in the NHL straight out of the draft. Maybe could have got in a few games, but probably needed to play in the minors or either spend another or even spend another year in Europe. And uh, under both McClellan and Hitchcock, really didn't see a lot of ice time. Didn't really become a trusted player. And I think Puliyarvi. I do wonder if he maybe kind of sat down and said, "Okay, I'm not playing. Why am I not playing? What else do I need to do?" So something needs to uh, work better for this player, both in how the team treats him and uh, how he approaches his profession as well. We'll see if that happens with the Oilers or not. All right. Oh, we got to do the, uh, we got the fast track stuff, eh, Kellen? We do, yeah. We have a pair of passes for fast track indoor karting. Caller number 3, 780-496-0063. You will get those passes. All right. I am off to Vancouver. I'll have inside sports from there tomorrow. And don't forget, our draft coverage is going to start at 4 in the afternoon on 6.30, Chet, on Friday. And at uh, 6 o'clock, Global News Radio 880 will have the entire first round. So we look forward to bringing you that. Going to be a a lot of storylines going on. The Oilers right now slated to pick eighth. Besides Giorgio Estefan tonight, you heard from Eskimos receiver Ricky Collins, Jr., had a text here to 630-630 from James saying Ricky Collins Jr.'s should have been a player of the week in the CFL, even ahead of C.J. Gable. Quarterback Trevor Harris also got a player of the week honor. And Colton Pareko, the Stanley Cup champion himself, also joined us here. You can always get more on 630Ched.com. Dave and Morley have plenty uh, more on the Eskimos, and we'll have all your Oilers draft-related stories there as well. Oh, and I believe the, uh, I think we're getting the schedule tomorrow. Tomorrow, I think I think the I think the schedule for the upcoming season is coming up tomorrow as well. Cool. So we'll have the latest on that. Uh, that'll be fun. All right, Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer, Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. Remember, tomorrow's the last day to go to 630Ched.com and enter the mock draft challenge. Courtesy of AMJ Campbell, you can win 500 bucks if you accurately predict in order the first eight picks in the first round on Friday. Sounds tough but I know you can do it. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'll talk to you tomorrow from Vancouver. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.